Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Brooke Pearson. Hey there, Brooke. How's it going? Good. How are you? It's a beautiful sunny day in Las Vegas. How about yourself? It's starting to get rainy here. We're slowly cooling down in Illinois. Okay. That's a, that's, I've, I lived up in Ohio for a little while, so not too far from Illinois. Yeah, I live right at the border of Illinois and Wisconsin, so I get that horrible Midwest weather every year. Oh, that's. It was in the 80s last week, and we're <laughs> dropping down to the 40s for Thanksgiving. Fun time, fun time. Oh, wonderful. Well, I'm, I'm, well at least you might have a white Christmas. <laughs> at least you'll have that. I, I don't, last year we had a white Halloween and a green Christmas. This year we had a green Halloween, so we're hoping we're going to get a white Christmas for once. <laughs> All right. Um, now, Brooke, I like getting the show started, getting right into it. So why don't you okay. begin just by telling us a little bit about yourself, please? So honestly, there's not much. I'm 20 years old. Um, I'm a full-time student, full-time worker, and I do streaming. I, I don't like having free time, as you can tell. I'm going to school for nursing. So currently, I'm actually finishing up my last couple of prereqs I had to take to get into nursing school. And I'm hoping to get into nursing school like next fall. Um, and I'm actually taking some of the more difficult classes right now. So I'm a little stressed out and I also work full-time in the hospital as a CNA. So in reality, I help get people to the bathroom all day long and I help um, work vents and stuff, but I'm in a neurotrauma burn ICU. So I get to see like a lot of cool stuff every day, which going into the nursing field definitely helps me out completely. Um, and then I stream, I've been streaming for about through four or five months now. I started back in June and it's November now. And so in about the four or five months I've been streaming, I've almost hit 2K, which I find is pretty fascinating. I know I found it pretty fascinating, but you know, either way, I'm honestly just streaming to get to know people. I'm a really big mental health advocate. I've struggled with mental health myself for many years. And I just like to get, I like to get everything out there and let people know that it's okay not to be okay. Fantastic. All right. Well, we got a lot to talk about. Beautiful. But before we do that, okay. I, uh, I ask every guest a single question. So I'm going to ask you just like okay. I ask everybody else. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you? I'm like an 11. Like that? I'm, I'm just, I'm a quirky person. It's not like a bad weird. I just, I, I'm, I'm a weird person. Like I've always grown up weird. I've grown up just being quirky and dorky and not really giving a Dang, what everyone else thinks about me. I'm a swearer, so I'm trying not to swear. I appreciate that. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, I just kind of grew up not really caring what people thought about me. On the same aspect, I grew up caring about what people cared about me because of my depression and my anxiety. But at the same point, I was like, you know what? I don't care. And so I just kind of like, I embrace myself and my inner self is bubbly and strange. And I will sit there and argue with myself and I'll somehow lose the debate against myself. A lot of times, actually. But I just... I just have a personality where I just don't, I really don't care. When I was younger, my mom used to call me a squirrel on crack because just the, the fact I bounced everywhere and I still do. I mean, I'm 20 years old and I still bounce everywhere. So kind of, it, it works out. I mean, if, if I have to stay in the range, I'm a 10, but I feel like I'm 11. I love it. Um, so when I first met my wife, like the very first date we had, mm -hmm. she told me that she's a flea brain. I'm like, that's a little interesting. She's like, oh no, I just dink like everywhere. Dink, dink, dink. <laughs> <laughs> That's how my girlfriend explains to me. We'll be sitting there talking and out of nowhere, I'll be jumping to the next subject. She's like, we're not, we're not even done with the first one. I'm like, yeah, but I want to talk about this one before I forget what I want to say. And she's like, oh, okay. She's like, I, at this point, she just learned to let me talk and she learns to zone me out because I'll sit there and talk about nonsense the entire time. But then she knows she has to listen in at key points or else I get mad at her for not listening. <laughs> She'll be like, I don't want to listen to your 30 minutes, like, your 30 minute spiel about everything. I'm like, okay, I don't care. You're going to listen, like Wonderful. listen to me. 
All right. So Brooke, this is the Gamerpreneur podcast. So I do need your gaming cred. When did you first start playing video games? So I first started playing video games when I was 10 or 11. I started off on Xbox 360. Um, Funny thing is I actually thought video games were the stupidest thing at first. Um, My brother and I had got the Xbox 360 for Christmas and my brother was the one that started off playing the first person shooter game. So at that point it was Modern Warfare 2, I think is the newest one that had come out. And I watched him play it and I thought it was the stupidest thing in the world. I had no clue why people enjoyed the game. I was like, it looked stupid to me. It looked like you know, it didn't make sense how to play. And then my brother was like, just sit down and play it. And I was like, no, I wanted to stick to my Just Dance and my Wii Fit and just stick with that. But then one day he got me down playing and I fell in love with it. I mean, I sucked at first, but I fell in love with it. And as the games grew up, my favorite Call of Duty was Call of Duty Ghost. A lot of, a lot of people have like iffy like iffy views on that. Not a lot of people liked it, but preferably I loved it. Um, it's the one video game that really got me into gaming. I met all my best friends from gaming on there that I started up with when I was 14, 15 years old. I met, you know, I started actually getting involved with the first person shooter games. I started really liking Call of Duty. I went to Black Ops 2, Black Ops. And then I kind of stopped playing Call of Duty when I hit Infinite Warfare. I, I'm not an Infinite Warfare fan. I don't like Advanced Warfare. I, I, I just personally don't like it. But Call of um, Duty in space. Oh, I was I I I found it so ridiculous. So I was I just I didn't like playing it. And at that point, I was kind of like I stuck with my ghost. Even though everyone moved on to the newer games, I kind of st- stuck with the games I knew because I liked them. And I was I was getting like at the point where I was getting really good at the games. I was getting good at Call of Duty in general. Um, I mean, when I was younger, all I liked playing was like Sticks and Stones and Gun Games. But then as I kind of grew up a bit, I went into, you know, Search and Rescue, Search and Destroy, Team Deathmatch. And then um, I got introduced to Fortnite right when I started dating my girlfriend. And now I'm sadly addicted to the game. It, it, it irritates the heck out of my soul. But it's like, it's one of those games where it's like, you know, once you start playing it, you don't want to stop. <laughs> and it's sure. so frustrating. But yeah, so I started. I've been playing now for about ten years. Okay, I had wonderful. I had the same gamer tag for. I just changed my gamer tag when I started streaming. I'd had that first gamer tag since I practically began playing video games. So it was like it was a hard. I'm really like attached to like stupid things. It was really hard for me to detach from that gamer tag because I met. <laughs> I had so many memories on it. Okay, um, and you play Fortnite. Anything else today? Um, current so. Currently, I was kind of getting into like Apex and I kind of got into Warzone and then Warzone got a full of a lot of hackers and I, I wasn't a fan of it. Fortnite's full of a bunch of hackers too, though. So it's like, it's a lose-lose. But lately, there's a few new games that came out that I really want to try. I just don't have the money to get them yet. Like Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'm a big, like Viking era is a big thing for me and I like it a lot. So I definitely want to try that game. I want to try Cold War. For my girlfriend, she said it wasn't, you know, a great game, but I'm not going to listen to her input because she's a sniper and she thinks everything's stupid when people are killing her that aren't snipers. So I want to look at that, especially for the zombies, because I was a huge fan of zombies. And then Cyberpunk 2077, when it was supposed to come out, except it got delayed again. So oh, I'm don't worry, on it'll, that it'll be another, what, 67 years till it comes out in 2017. Probably. And then... um it's not a newer game, but obviously I want to try Skyrim at some point. I've never played it before, even though it's a bit of an older game. I'm like a big Dungeons and Dragons fan, so I honestly think I would like it. And then the last one I'm kind of want to get into is it came out a couple months ago, I believe. It's called Cloudpunk. It's like 
I don't know how to explain it. It kind of looks like cyberpunk almost, but it's called Cloudpunk and it's based in like a futuristic world where you're solving story modes and everything like that, which I, I, I'm interested in that. And I kind of want to break away from the third party, bat, third party battle royale, but at the same point, I want to keep battle royales. But at the same point, I have detachment issues. So it's like, dang, I want to keep playing this game and I can't. Okay. But, um, one more kind of straight gaming related mm-hmm. question. Then we'll get into like the rest of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, desert Island. If I dropped you on a desert Island with one game for the rest of your life, power cable and an ethernet cable. So you can play online if necessary. What is that one game? Oh, that's a good one. Part of me wants to get like all nostalgic and like say all these like old games I used to play, like the Simpsons game and Ratatouille and stuff like that. But at the same point, I mean, would I get it? Game, hit and run. That that one. I've never played the hit and run. This one was an actual. It was actually called the Simpsons game, and it was like you played as the characters solving these like quests and stuff. And so, like one of them is like Bart became Batman, and you ran around as like Bart, like Batman, Bart, Bartman, yeah, and like. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like, no one seems to remember it except me. I played it on the Wii a lot when we first got the Wii. But I don't know. It's, like, it's really hard to explain the game. I don't know how to explain it, but it was, like, it's such a vivid memory in my childhood. And I'm almost debating buying an Xbox 360 just to play it again. But my girlfriend says it's a waste of money. But, again, we're not listening to her input at this point. <laughs> I'm, like, I don't care. Um, but if not that, it would probably be Call of Duty Ghosts, just so I could honestly... I could play that. That game didn't get me as mad as any of the games I play nowadays. And it was such an era where I had fun with it. And I was talking with people. Now, okay, the real question is, can I talk with people? I have a headset. Uh, Well, I'm giving you Ethernet, so sure. Okay, yeah. So if I have a headset, I can sit there and talk with people. I will totally do Call of Duty Ghost hands down. I'll just enjoy it. I'll play the campaign over and over again. I'll just, I'll live my life with that one. All right. I love it. Okay. So let's get over to the other side, the preneur part. Um, what made you decide to, to one, become a streamer and then two, become a nurse? So a streamer, it kind of happened really quick. Um, I, like I said, I've always loved playing video games, but I never honestly thought about the streaming aspect. I didn't really think it was a logical choice. Um, I was just like, you know, I didn't really see any benefits or stuff into streaming. And then I started watching the videos about like, you know, Ninja and Jack and Tim the Tapman and, you know, all the big streamers and about like generally what their life is as a streamer. I was like, oh, it's like, that's kind of cool because I love, I love entertaining people. I love talking with people. I love helping people in general. So I was like, when I started thinking about that, I was like, you know, streaming would be a pretty good choice for me because I could sit there and communicate with all these people. Um, and then, of course, my girlfriend kind of pushed me a bit of the way, too, because she said, Brooke, you got the personality for it. You can do it. Like, it's not like, you know, you're quiet or something. It's not like you don't like doing it. Like, she's like, you're going to sit there and talk their ears off no matter what. I'm like, oh, you're not wrong. So I started doing that and I got my PC back in June. And when I started streaming, I absolutely loved it. Like, even when as I watched my numbers grow and I watched, I was like, oh, my God, people actually like watching me. I was like. It was like a shock and awe factor. I was like, oh my God, I'm not annoying. I was like, wow, what is this? Um, And then being a nurse, being a nurse wasn't always my first choice. Um, I was actually in a tie between being in the medical field and being in the criminal justice field. I'm a really advocate learner, not advocate, but I'm a really big learner for forensics. Um, In high school, I was on a team called Science Olympiad, which is practically a team that studies to take these tests at competitions and then we get awards depending on the grade we got on the test. And if that doesn't describe of how much nerd I was in high school, then I don't know what does. But um, 
that was an event called forensics and we sat there we learned about the chemical reaction and we learned about you know um motives for murder and stuff like that I found it completely interesting I was so like awed by it but at the same point when I started looking more into the field I was like you know that's not something I completely wanted to do when they first start off making money and stuff I was it was like I was really iffy about it and then with the nurses, my entire family is in the medical field. My mom's a paramedic. My grandma was a nurse. My aunt's a nurse. My dad was a firefighter. Um, so it was like every everyone is in the medical field. And we have this saying in my family that if you like the smell of a hospital, you're supposed to work in it. It's, it's, a, it's a weird saying, but they're like, you know, if you like the smell of stuff like that and you know you're not going to be grossed out in the hospital, you know it's not going to be overwhelming for you, I guess is how you they thought of it I, I don't know the meaning behind it but it's what they it was our meaning and it made sense because I do like the small of the hospital and okay. then um the more my mom started to teach me about like um medical terminology and about health stuff I mean I've been CPR certified since I was like 10 years old and my mom's taught me all this stuff I probably didn't need to know yet but she taught me it because you know she likes teaching and I was like I want to do this I like doing this I like helping people out I like the commutative aspect of nursing. I don't like the customer service aspart, aspart, uh, wait, aspect. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what part I'm trying to say. Aspect, aspect. I don't like the customer service part aspect of it, but at the same point, that's probably from my five years of working in retail. You get a little tired of customer service at one point or another, but right. it's something I can work past because I get to sit there and help people and I get to learn all this stuff. I absolutely agree. I used to do a uh, customer service in retail and I would always joke with other people, you know, that's, um, if we, we should just do away with prisons and force everybody to do customer service for a year. And after oh, yeah. that, they become out wonderful people who are always mm -hmm. smiling. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like, I can go from my customer service voice to my normal voice in like a matter of minutes. And my mom's heard me do it before. And she's like, that's not normal. I'm like, that's what you get when you worked in retail for a year. And then you were a manager in fast food for four years. Like that's what happened. Sadly. I'll like, I'll be nice as I can be to a customer and I'll turn around to my employees. I'll be like, I don't want to ever like ever deal with that again. Never. And they'll be like, okay. She's not bubbly all the time. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> okay. Brooke, what is life like in the medical profession? I, I know you're, you're still fairly newish to it, but you know, how's, how's that going? I personally like it. So working, um, before I started working in the hospital, I worked at a nursing home and for me, I like the hospital style better. I wasn't a big fan of the nursing home. Um, don't get me wrong. I love the, the residents and everything, but just the nursing home work wasn't for me. I didn't really get to learn that much. And in the hospital, I see a lot more. And so for me, I work, typically I would work three 12s a week, which I love having four days off. It makes it really easy to balance my streaming life and balance my school life. Sadly, right now with COVID going on, I have to work mandated overtime, but with the mandated overtime, we're getting an extra $5 an hour. So it's kind of like a little incentive for working it, which with that being said, I've been picking up an extra shift a week, not an entire 12. I've been picking up like an eight or a four hour a week, but you know, it's bringing in the extra money. It's helping out for Christmas, helping out for schools. So I can't complain. And so far I really do like it. Um, I just, I'm afraid I'm going to get burned out by working so much, especially right now in the middle of a pandemic, we're seeing a lot of nurses that are being burned out and everything, but I'm kind of hoping once I become a nurse, the pandemic will be over. I mean, that's two years away one can hope, Certainly. but you, you never know. But so far, I do like it. I find it a very rewarding field when you see people coming back that you helped in the ICU months ago, coming back and walking, and they left not being able to walk. Sure. 
Okay. So Brooke, part of the purpose of my show is that I'm, I'm hoping my audience will be watching these interviews and maybe somebody somewhere sees you and goes, you know what, that her story sounds fantastic. Maybe I want to be a nurse as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what steps should somebody take to begin that, that journey? Personally, so for me, it, for me, my first step I took was finding a job in the medical field. Um, in Illinois, you have to have a CNA license. I don't know in other states if you have to have a CNA license or not. Um, but for me, it took me like six weeks to get my license. And my first step was to work in the medical field and see if it's actually something I want to do the rest of my life. Because you don't want to go to nursing school and pay, you know, 10, 20, 30 grand for nursing school and then go into the field and realize you don't like it. Because it's like, you might think you like it in clinicals, but when you're actually on the floor and you're seeing what they're doing on a day-to-day basis, you know, you might not like it. Because it's not always just, you know, passing meds, um, doing like, you know, all this exciting stuff you see on TV. It's taking people to the bathroom. It's getting people cleaned up. It's, you know, all this stuff that they don't showcase on TV. And so I definitely would recommend the first step is get a job in the medical field so you can see what it's like. Because if you don't see what you like, you're going to walk in blind. (laughs) Sure. Now, personality-wise, is there like a, pers- a particular personality type that does better? I don't, I personally don't think so. I mean, in my case, obviously, I'm more of an extrovert, at least when it comes to work and talking to people. Um, I'm more of an extrovert. And obviously, that does help with your customer service skills and, you know, your people-pleasing skills. You're able to have more of those conversations. And I have seen some nurses who are introverted who do really well. And it's like, you know, they're shy to everyone. As soon as they go around their patients, they're like a brand new person. So I personally don't think it really matters on the personality. I think, though, that it does matters on how you express yourself to your patients. Okay, wonderful. Now, I want to talk about your stream. How did you grow so fast? Because you, know. you saw my shock. You, you did 2,000 yeah, I, I don't people know. In, in like a couple months. How did you do like, it? I, I really don't know. Um my girlfriend and I were talking about it. And when she was like, I was like, you know, I've only hit 2000. And she's like, Brooke, that that's a big deal. And I didn't really realize what she meant by like, it was a big deal. And she's like, not many streamers can hit that many, like that amount of follower base in so long. And I think a lot of that happened is the fact that when I started streaming, I started streaming when all the new mixer partners were coming over too. So Facebook's algorithm was really, really good for me at that moment. Lately, like lately, my growth has slowed down tremendously, which I'm not opposed to it. I mean, I'm still bringing in new people by, I think I'm literally like 20 follows away from 1.8K. So I'm almost at 2K, not there almost, but I'm almost at 2K. But I had hit 1.5K three months into streaming. So it was like, I was roughly gaining 500 a month. And I was like, I didn't see the, you know, what the big deal was with my girlfriend did. She's like, no, Brooke, that, that's a big deal. I'm like, oh, if you say so. Okay. But I, my girl, I, okay, I can't keep saying my girlfriend, but we personally think it's because of my personality is what we kind of think drew people in. Cause I was always saying they're talking. I was always talking to chat and I just, I just kept talking. I didn't stop talking. I mean, my throat would be dry body on the streams because of how much I talked. Certainly. Um, I was going to ask you what, what makes you different, but it sounds like you, you just, you have no idea. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I really don't. I mean, the only thing I could come up with is the fact of, I don't, I, I'm not like, I don't have a filter and I just talk about what people want to talk. The only other thing I could really think of is um, maybe possibly how big of a mental health advocate I am. I mean, I see other streams saying they have a mental health advocate, but it's like, you know, they say they're an advocate, but they don't really address it, which that's not, no, their fault at all. Some people just show their respect towards other things differently. For me, it was like when I hit 1K, I did a 24-hour mental health charity stream and all the donations I made went to the Mental Health Suicide Awareness Organization because that's a really big thing in my heart. And 
I mean, I try all the time. I'm always checking on my followers, mental health. I'm always checking on how they're doing. I'm always trying to get them to talk with me, especially if, you know, there's something wrong. And I probably shouldn't be doing that because if I ever do get big, you know, that's going to be hard to check on all like, I don't know, say like 30,000 people if that ever happened. But at the same point, I want them to know that I care about them. And I want them to know that it's like, you know, I'm there for them. Like, I want them to have someone. Okay. Are you doing any type of marketing? You know, before we we went live, you mentioned you were editing TikTok videos. So are you, are you promoting yourself on social media? So actually, no. Um, I mean, I posted a couple TikTok videos, but it's like, they got a total of like three, 400 views. So it was like, it wasn't much. And I haven't really posted on Instagram and I didn't really post on Facebook at all. I mean, I post on my personal page, but I started posting on my personal page after I hit, um, after I hit a thousand, because I didn't want people from my personal life following me and being like, oh, she's weird. She only has 500 people. Like I was really self-conscious about it. Um, what the TikTok video is just making actually, it's, um, I'm a really big, I love Chipotle. I like love Chipotle and David Dobrik and Chipotle pon- um, partnered up to like sponsor three people. And me and my stream always joke about how awesome it'd be for me to be sponsored by Chipotle. And so I was making the video to send out to Chipotle and try and get sponsored. I was like, you know, what's the worst that can happen? People find the video and they find it amusing. I'll admit I had never even considered reaching out to Chipotle. And now I'm, it's my life goal. It's like, like <laughs> literally, I don't, I, th- I was trying to look back the streams to figure out how many streams I've eaten in, but someone in my chat has tapped tally of how many of my streams I've eaten Chipotle in. And I think they said it's over like 40. And like, that's really bad. But it's like, when I'm coming home from my 13 hour shifts, I'm like, I hate cooking when I get home from work and I don't want to grab fast food because fast food is bad for you. But Chipotle's not that bad for you. It's, it's just rice and steak and chicken. That's all. Right. <laughs> and a lot of salt. <laughs> um, yeah. We don't talk about that though. Okay. Um, so you're still a fairly new streamer, but I would like to ask, you know, you have been doing it for a few months and I'm sure along the way you've kind of learned this or that or mm-hmm. what not to do here and there. What what do you wish you had known when you very first started out? I wish I had known not to get discouraged by viewer counts. Um, I, I kind of read, I learned about it from a few other streamers and they said, you know, don't get like, one of the bigger ones was Ninja. He posted a tweet about saying, you know, don't look at your viewers. You're not there to worry about how many people you have watching. You're worried about entertaining the people that are watching. And it's still actually one of my issues today is if I, like, I see my viewers drop and I'm kind of like, oh, like people didn't want to watch me, but I have to understand when I first started streaming, you know, kids weren't in school, parents weren't working. And you had all these people that were able to, you know, watch your videos because the lockdown was still going on here and everything. And so it was like, I, when that lockdown ended, I started seeing my views drop and I got really, really discouraged. I was like, no one wants to see me. No one wants to watch me. And I, I, a lot of people brought to my attention. They're like, Brooke, people are going back to school. Like they're going back to work. You, you can't expect them to stay when they're working and going to school. And at that point, I kind of, kind of got the mentality where I was like, I don't care who's watching. I don't care how many people are watching. I just, I'm going to do it. I'm going to talk to them no matter what. I'm going to act the same way I would if I had 50 people than if I had one person. Oh, that's a wonderful attitude to have. Well, thank you. I wonder. Absolutely. Um, okay. Now, Brooke, um, at this part of the show, I, I would like to humble you if possible. Okay. Uh, you've, you've had fantastic success in the, just a couple months that you've been streaming that you, um, you're a CNA. So you're obviously doing something with your life. And, you know, a lot of people are, I'm sure envious of you because you mm-hmm. have something going for you, but I don't want everybody to think that your life is nothing but sunshine and rainbows. Oh no. So, so I believe that 
we learn more from the failures in our life rather than mm -hmm. our successes. It's, it's when you get smacked in the face, you get knocked oh, yeah. down that you have to figure out how to pick yourself up and dust yourself off and learn how to move mm -hmm. forward. So I'd like to ask you, what is something that you have failed at in life and what did you learn from it? So for me, I, I don't want to say it was my entire high school life, but um, I dealt with severe depression, anxiety in high school. Um, when I was in 10th grade, I got diagnosed with an eating disorder. I got diagnosed with binge eating. And then um, in senior year, I got diagnosed with severe depression and severe anxiety that they think I had all throughout high school, but I never really got properly diagnosed. And my biggest thing I think is what slapped me is honestly myself. Like I never had one thing that really hit me in the face or whatnot, but um, the one thing that did hit me a lot was my depression. I always was up late at night. I was always, you know, thinking, what could I do better? What was wrong with me? You know, and it was, it was honestly detrimental to myself. Like if anyone was the biggest critic, it was me because I was always thinking there was something better I could be doing. I always focused really hard on school, but focusing really hard on school, I didn't really have much of a social life. And I've had, I had a lot of instances where, um, I had a lot of dark thoughts come across my mind that probably now that I look back at them, I'm so glad like none of them ever really went through or none of them actually was successful. But at the same point, that was one of the things that was really, really hard for me to understand as I grew older. And by older, I mean, these two years is that I was so close to just letting everything go away. And if every, if I let everything go away, I wouldn't be where I am today. And that's why I'm such a big mental health advocate is because I've seen people succumb to it. And I don't, I don't, I've seen myself almost succumb to it and I don't want that, that to happen to them. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing and, and wonderful that you're in, on this better path now. <laughs> oh yeah. We're, we're, we're good now. All right. Uh, kind of a related question. What is something that you're working to improve on in yourself today? A lot. I mean, there's always room for improvement, even if you don't know what it is. I, you know, I would like to think that I'm this perfect person that, you know, is, everything's right with them, but we're not, we're humans. We are going to make mistakes and the mistakes are the good things. I mean, one of my favorite quotes is there are no mistakes, just happy little accidents, which is a quote by Bob Ross, but it's like one of the like better quotes I've ever heard in my life because it's true. Like, I mean, there's so many things I want to improve in my life. If I could improve, you know, my studying or the fact that I procrastinate every single school subject I have due, but at the same point, I know, you know, I'm going to get it done and we're just going to work on it. Okay, fantastic. And uh, one more fun question to kind of wrap this up okay. before we bring it in for a landing. Uh, what is something that you think people misunderstand about you the first time they meet you, Brooke? That's a, that's a hard one. I mean, I heard a lot of people come in and they've said in my stream that, you know, I'm cocky or that you know, I'm kind of like a know-it-all and stuff like that. And I don't really think I am personally. I just think it's because of the fact I'm always sitting there, I'm talking and I'm sharing stories, which I can definitely see from what people think is like thinking she's a no, or like I'm a know-it-all and stuff because I'm always sharing my own experiences. And a lot of that is because I want people to be able to relate to experiences and realize, you know, they're not the only one that's been through something like that, or like someone has been through something similar like that. And I think a lot of people, when they first can come into my stream and they hear me talking about myself, they're obviously going to think, you know, they're, they're cocky or they're, you know, they're thinking all of themselves, but that's not the case. And if they stick around and they listen for a little bit longer, they kind of start to see that, you know, they were on the wrong path, but at some point, you know, it's understandable. All right. <laughs> okay. Brooke, this has been a fantastic interview. Um, yes, how has. do people reach out to you? How do they find you? Where are you at on social media? So 
obviously on Facebook, my social media is Bubbly Brook. Um, sadly, each social media is different because Bubbly Brook apparently is a popular name and I had to figure out multiple usernames to go with it. But on Facebook, it is just Bubbly Brook TV at the end, but you can typically find me with just Bubbly Brook. My Instagram is Facebook. FB Bubbly Brook. My Twitter is Bubbly Brook FB. And then my TikTok is FB Bubbly Brook. It's like going back and forth, bouncing all along. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Uh, now, as we're wrapping this up, do you have any final thoughts you want to share or anything I didn't ask you think we still need to cover? No, I don't. I think we covered it pretty well just for people to keep following what they believe in, no matter how stupid people think it is. That's fantastic. That's, that's, the best advice I'm going to hear today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brooke, thank you so much. I genuinely do appreciate you coming on today. Of course, of course. I enjoyed it. Yes, feel all famous. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now for everybody else, I'm going to remind you all, don't be just a gamer, be a gamerpreneur. 